0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Brothers and sisters, one of the healthiest things you can do for yourself is staying hydrated. And you know what I'm talking about. You go to your basketball game, football game, pro wrestling events, and suddenly you get a little parched. Well, one of the best ways that you can keep yourself safe is using Liquid IV. See, Liquid IV is a hydration stick that you can pour into 16 ounces of water and immediately get more efficiently hydrated than water alone, okay? 12 delicious, refreshing flavors, all of your essential B vitamins, including B3, B5, B6, B12, even vitamin C three times the electrolytes as traditional sports drinks it's made with premium ingredients non-gmo free from gluten dairy soy all that good stuff there listen i'm telling you right now folks liquid iv has changed my life it's something that i use on a regular basis because i'm always on the go i gotta stay hydrated you gotta stay hydrated liquid iv has your back it'll keep you exactly that way hydrated But don't just take my word for it. I want you to try it out. Because of that, if you head over to liquidiv.com right now, you can put anything that you want in your cart. And then at checkout, use the promo code Duke Loves No spaces in that now. Duke Loves Rasslin. Going to save you 20% on your entire order. That's how much I care about your hydration. That's how much I want you to check out Liquid IV. So what are you waiting for? Shop better hydration today. Visit liquidiv.com. That's right.
1: How's it going, everybody? My name is Bishop Khan. I'm former Ring of Honor World six-man champion, the longest reigning Ring of Honor World six-man champion, AEW superstar, and you're listening to Duke Loves Wrestling.
0: Brothers and sisters, you know, when it comes to pro wrestling, through the years, especially in the video games, they have something called creator wrestling. It's where we fans can develop our prototype. You know, it, it, when we think of pro wrestlers, this is what we think of. They they have to walk and talk this way. They wrestle this way. They look this way. And I got to tell you, our guest this week, without a doubt, he is a creator wrestler who jumped out of the video game screen and into real life. There is nobody who personifies what it means to be a pro wrestler, especially physically, especially in the ring, than our guest this week. So without further ado, welcome to Duke Loves Wrestling. He is one of the major stars of Ring of Honor, the man, Khan. What's going on there, Khan? (laughs) How's it
1: going? I'm doing pretty good.
0: You know, you and I would have a lot of heat, but you're, you're such a good dude that I just can't not root for you. But you, you got bigger muscles than me. You have more hair than me. You know you're 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 taller than me. You're richer than me, bro. You got it all going on, man.
1: <laughs> I'm trying my best to to maintain and grow my stardom here in professional wrestling. So I'm just working hard at it. How does it feel to
0: to hear something like that? Legitimately, I mean, you 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 are the prototypical wrestler, and I don't know if anyone has ever been brave enough to tell you to your face. But I'm telling you right now, bro, you. When we think of what a wrestler is supposed to look like, you're not supposed to look like the average person walking down the street. You're supposed to be somebody that turns heads and certainly con you. You're exactly that. How does it feel to, to be told
1: that? Here in the intro, I got chills. Um, <laughs> I'm a pretty humble dude, and people really never tell me my, to my face. That's what they think or see of me. But I, if I manage to search myself online, that's typically what I read. I look like I'm somebody. I'm the guy that passes the airport test. If you see me walking down the terminal, you look twice and you're like, "He's, he's got to be doing something. Who is this guy? I know my physical stature definitely stands out. Of course, the tattoos and the the locks. Honestly, man, it's, it's pretty cool. I literally have dreamed of this since I was nine, 10 years old. I've made myself to look a particular way in wrestling games. So to embody what I was trying to create as a kid, that's that's pretty cool. Well, it is. And I'm, and I'm glad you said that. This is not
0: something that necessarily uh, just happened. I mean, obviously, you were... You were Born with some gifts, but you also had to put the work into building yourself and maintaining this. What's a typical day like for for Khan? I mean, especially with those abs, man. You got the best abs in the business, <laughs> no question about that. So, for a guy that that is uh, sporting the the you know a little bit of pudge uh, right now, it's going to be more pudge
1: when we get to the winter time, unless I do something. How do you keep those abs looking like that? Dang, it's, I was just telling uh, someone the other day that my routine has been crap as of late just because I've been traveling so much. But when I am at home and I get a couple of days, typical day, I, I'm li- honestly living the dream. I, I do professional wrestling full time now. I used to be a designer that's done. So I kind of wake up nine, ten o'clock. I, I make sure I get enough sleep as possible, eight and a half hours if I can, because I need to restore my brain. I need to restore my body from the travel, throwing myself at the ground. And like my biggest priority of the day is hitting the gym for an hour, maybe two hours. I'll do, I, I look very intensely uh, when I'm there. I don't joke around. I'm not on my phone. have my little pre-workout and I'm in the zone. That's kind of my time to like meditate and just be one with myself. It's like breathing to me. I have to go get a workout, I've Got to get a sweat. If I'm brave enough and I have enough confidence to like do 30 minutes of cardio, that's kind of dips depending on how I feel. And then. When I have the time, I'll go to the hybrid school of wrestling. I'll go roll around with the boys for an hour, two hours, try to get that in-ring cardio. And then otherwise I'm just binge watching TV shows, maybe do some stretching meditation when I can. Uh, Diet's been pretty consistent. I'm I'm a boring eater. I like chicken and rice, that makes me happy. I love breakfast food, nothing too crazy. But I always tell people like, I've been working out for probably 21 years. It's all about consistency. Playing a college athlete, being a high school athlete, training has always just been programmed into my lifestyle. So, people, I think, get turned off, and I'm like, "Hey, man, I've been working out for 21 years. This is what it is. I've, I've built this physique from when I was 11, 12 years old. It's not something that came overnight. So, my body has adapted it in a way, and I've, I've changed up my training every six months, every year. Or so, I learn new things. I'm trying new technique techniques as I get older too. So, flexibility has become very important. Mobility, mobility, of course. Uh, so you're not like a typical day, but I just kind of move around a lot.
0: That's really interesting. I mean, what it comes down to is you're a disciplined person Mm -hmm. and clearly you are in touch with your inner self, that spirituality and what have you here, which I can see that, you know, looking, looking at you, looking in your eyes and, and just seeing your aura, so to speak, it's clear that you're in touch with something that's deeper than just the surface there. Talk to me about that. Talk to me about the process of making sure from the inside. Before we look at the outside, the importance of the inside being in check and and, and working
1: on that as well. I think that comes from being a very creative kid. Uh, I had a huge imagination and something that I feel like I was just, I don't know, I always had the confidence to just be myself when I was very young and I had a really good best friend of mine. And we we weren't like the popular kids. We were just the two young guys that were into professional wrestling, into like the arts and our imagination and just believing in who you are and being comfortable with who you are. Um, definitely as you get older, having that comfortability of just, this is who I am and y'all going to accept me who I am. And if you don't, then you can fuck off. <laughs> but that's definitely, of course, like an ever-growing process. Again, trying to meditate, trying to take moments in your day to just take a couple breaths and really be present. Because so much is going on, especially within professional wrestling, where your mind is just all over the place. You can be very anxious ups and downs, depressed, but just taking that time to really breathe and just be humble and be grateful for where you are. So, and I don't take things too seriously either. So sometimes I can be very stressful. And I'm just like, man, at the end of the day, I have a house, I have a roof over my head, I have food. I, I'm in a great position in life. I've worked very hard. Things have kind of paid off for me with my hard work and I have real no complaints. So just trying to take things easy.
0: You know, it's interesting because um, I'm a little older than you, and growing up in the early 80s, nerds were nerds, Mm -hmm. and athletes were athletes. You know what I mean? And the two worlds really didn't mix so much. It was the norm, you know, that separation. And really, as the internet evolved and became a thing and became accessible in people's homes, suddenly athletes were nerds and nerds became athletes. Yep. And it's so interesting to hear you talk about your creative side. You mentioned earlier about being a designer. Mm -hmm. And even before we started recording, we were talking about technology and and you tell me about keeping your uh, your computer and stuff, you know, in good order. Uh, It's really interesting to hear you talk about that stuff, knowing that you're this six foot (laughs) jacked up, you know, dude who can beat the hell out of anybody. And it's like, Mm -hmm. wow. This this guy's a nerd, but this guy also is a super athlete. Yep. Um, what a what a mix! What a mix that is there. Um, talk to me about the technology piece, though. You, you said something interesting about um, there's a reason why you keep your computer and everything like that in good shape. <laughs> What's and, and, and we're about to call somebody out right here, so we're about yeah. to totally cause a whole um, big event that might happen here. <laughs> so, but talk to me about why it's important to keep your your uh, computer in, in good order then.
1: And uh, growing up in the 90s, I was a big music person. So I always had like my CDs, my CD player, stereo. And I don't know, I've always been very tactile. So I liked buying CDs. I I liked buying DVDs for the cover art or the box art. And I remember growing up, like I would get CDs all the time. And my sister really wouldn't want to do that. So she would borrow my CDs. And I'm like, hey, okay, if you borrow this, this better come back in pristine condition. I bought this for a reason. I hold my collectibles, my stuff. To a very high standard. This better not come back with scratches on it. And I'll never forget, uh, I found Drake back in high school, like not even, maybe high school, back in MySpace days, and I got his mixtape off of MySpace, comeback season. you literally paying 15 bucks for some random rapper to send you his stuff. And I got it, and I became a huge fan of Drake. And she must have took my CD when I wasn't home. And when I found that CD, it was destroyed. <laughs> there were scratches all over it. I remember putting it back in my CD player, and it was skipping. I'm like, yo, this is like a one of one Like, you can't – she would do that to all my CDs. And it just bothered me so much. So I became very protective of letting people borrow my stuff because typically it would never come back in good condition. So I'm very, like, OCD about my things in my office. I have my laptop in its place. I clean my laptop. I have my monitors. Like, I'm very protective of that stuff just because I have PTSD from back then when my sister would just destroy my CDs. It was horrible. Even in college, someone would borrow DVDs, and then they're missing two of the DVDs from the box set. I'm like, never again. I don't let people borrow my stuff anymore. That is incredible.
0: And, and certainly uh, to Khan's sister, you know, <laughs> if if you want to uh, challenge him to a match, just make sure you get in touch with uh, Tony Khan and the folks there so we can watch it in Ring of Honor or even AEW. Uh, I would love to see that match there because I'm pretty sure we can we can put like a, a Drake CD I don't know was, <laughs> see who's going to be the winner. There. That's wild, man. That's yeah, man. but it's, it's interesting how our experiences in life, especially as we were younger, how they help frame who we are as a person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and legitimately, that's something that you you focus on and you're very conscious of making sure that your stuff's in good order. Because yep. if it's not, then you can't use it, and what's the point,
1: right? Exactly. Yeah, so like, that's good. You see people on the road with like messed up suitcases, wheels are coming off. And like we travel a lot and these things break down, but at the same time, I'm not throwing my stuff when I get home in just any random closet. Like I, I take care of my stuff. Same thing with my car. I try to take care of it as best as I can. Like you're paying and you're investing in these things. Why don't you take care of your stuff? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And as somebody like yourself,
0: who is also a designer, I'm sure that that helps inform
1: the way that you stay organized and, and all that good stuff there too, right? Almost definitely. Uh, I... Don't really do design work anymore, but when I was people, I don't know, I was never that person that would use different like organizing apps on the computer. I would always have a notebook or a sketchbook and I would just kind of organize my thoughts there, organize my different projects, sticky notes all over my desk. That's that's how I organize projects. I could never use like a Google calendar. It was just so foreign to me. Uh, again, I just like the tactile feel of stuff. So crossing off, crossing something off the list, checking off a checkbox, throwing away these sticky notes. Like, that's just how I organize my thoughts. Everything's kind of displayed for me to see, and it's not all these different tabs that get lost. And then if your computer crashes, then you're just kind of screwed.
0: We are talking to two-time six-man champion from Ring of Honor, Khan. Legitimately uh, the epitome of what it means to be a pro wrestler uh, today. No two ways about it. Now, I I can't leave this. I got to talk about it. Mm -hmm. You brought up Drake. Yep, <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you something because I'm a big Drake fan myself, and and what helped me get into Drake is the fact that he's a Jay Z fan because Jay Z mm-hmm. is my my favorite rapper of all time for sure, and you know from my generation, uh, Reasonable Doubt was a, a album that really changed my whole life because right. I could relate to the storytelling and and the fact that he wasn't trying to rap too fast so you can understand everything that he was saying stuff like that you know it just mm-hmm. really. Uh, changed everything for me so drake being a fan of that made me a fan of drake i have all of his music i i listen to his music on repeat but i gotta tell you man the the stuff that i listen to the most mm-hmm. especially if we're gonna pick out one album is his honestly never mind album which came out uh june of 2022 so last year okay this is his dance album. This is this is totally different. This isn't regular hip hop. This is this is club music. This is house music. Mm-hmm. And when it came out, a lot of people were upset about it because it's like, bro, this is not, you know, that stuff that we like to hear. This is not the stuff we're used to. This is totally different. But in him being different, I found him to be at his most creative. Yeah. So I gotta ask you, as a as a person who looks beyond the surface and what have you what were your thoughts about that honestly never mind album
1: i didn't hate it i think i was a little i remember listening to it and i was talking to austin gunn about it because the intro starts and i was like oh the intro immediately reminded me kind of like take care i was like okay we're gonna we're gonna have this deeper vibe for this album and it's maybe like 30 seconds and then the house music starts and it's not what i was expecting but i, me- I actually listened to this maybe like last week But one of my favorite songs on the album is uh, "Tie That Binds," I believe, and there's like the guitar solo. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, this." I don't know. Like, you can't expect these people to stay the same. They're going to evolve. They have to make different things. They're growing up as we grow up. So, I'm a fan of the album, bro. And especially as
0: somebody who travels as much as you do, um, that's a that's an album that's a great travel album. Mm-hmm, definitely. You know what I mean? It has just enough. It, there's just enough edge where you still get some of that, but it also can be relaxing at, at points. And, and just overall, though, there was a creativity. There was an art yeah. that's happening in that album that's really like, wow, this is a vibe, mm-hmm. you know? So that's, it's interesting. It's interesting. And especially somebody who was there from the beginning, you literally bought one of his first <laughs> works ever, <Yeah. laughs> you know what I mean? Like you said, back in MySpace, which I'm sure, most folks don't even know that part of Drake. This is before right. Lil Wayne. Yeah, right. It's before all that. So the fact that you were there from the beginning, that's that's cool. And shout out to Drake. If you if you listen to this, you need to hit up Con, man. Maybe uh, check out a, a Ring of Honor event sometime because you got a real fan here.
1: Oh, for and sure. I'm sure you'll be a fan of his when you see him. So I always had to feel like I had to preface that when I'd meet people and they're like, "Oh, who's your who, – who rappers do you like?" I'm like, "Oh, I like Drake, but..." Again, I've been listening to him since MySpace, Room for Improvement, Comeback Season. Like, I've been a fan of him since I was a kid. So I grew up, well, he grew up. And I've seen the evolution of his career. I feel like now people just judge you on those choices. They're like, oh, you must have just found him, I don't know, within the past 10 years. Like, no. I've been, like, the underground fan since the beginning. Same thing with The Weeknd. I was finding his mixtapes before you even saw what his face looked like. And everyone thought it was, like, a band. I'm like, yo, no, I was a fan back in the day, House of Balloons, when he was performing at... uh, First ad in Minneapolis when his voice was cracking when he was performing because nobody knew who he was. And now he's just like a global superstar. And I definitely would not pay to go into his concerts because it's probably thousands of dollars to go. But I got to see him while he first started. Just like when you see wrestlers when they have their first few matches, like, oh, he's he's something. And then 10 years later, top of the mountain, wherever they are. Wow. That's
0: that's deep. That's deep. And, and as you're saying that, I'm just reflecting. Um, you know, Ring of Honor is very special to me. I'm one of the original Ring of Honor fans mm-hmm. when they were before the company even existed. Uh, there was the RF video newsletter, which this is where we would do cha- tape trading by VHS, buy uh, DVDs. When that finally became available of wrestling from all over the world. This is how we were able to know what exists beyond what we see on TV.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the folks at RF video, they used the data for what people were requesting the most in order to inform them on who to put on this special card that they were going to call ring of honor. So, you know, Prince Nana was on that card. Brian Danielson was on that card, the American dragon, mm-hmm. Christopher Daniels. In fact, he Danielson and Loki, they were in the main event yep. at the era of honor begins. I was there through the newsletter. We got in touch with some folks and they had a, a van that picked up people from the new England areas. Cause I'm in Boston. And certainly the band came, picked me and my cousin up in Boston, and we went to Philly and made a whole day out of it. And was at that event. I'm, I'm even on the DVD as a kid. I'm, on, I'm, I'm there. Um, when you talk about the weekend and even Drake, being there at the ground level when they first were breaking in and being able to grow and progress with their careers, that's what a lot of these guys, like Danielson, the American Dragon, that's what that is for me because mm-hmm. I saw him at his first event. And at his first major, uh, uh, you know, main event, so to speak. And Christopher Daniels being the veteran and low key being kind of in between there. So all those guys build this thing that to this day, you're still kicking ass in and you're still doing all the things that you're doing to keep that brand alive. And it's just it's awesome to see that over 20 years later that we can still watch Ring of Honor. and We can still be wrapped up in that history. I mean, how does it feel to be a a focal point, really? You know, you're a two time uh, six man champion in that company. How does it feel to be a a focal point in a company with that type of
1: rich history? It's kind of surreal. And it, it's ironic another about the first event, I was just talking to Prince Nano about that. And I was I remember Joey Mercury showed me that that main event with Loki Danielson and uh Christopher Daniels and I was like, I I didn't even know what Arwid was until Maybe 2015. Like, I just, I was this WWE, WWF kid. That's all I knew. And then the first R-Wake show I went to, I believe in St. Cloud, Minnesota. And I remember seeing the Briscoes, AJ Styles. And I knew who AJ was because I heard about TNA. I'm like, who are all these other guys? And like Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, Dalton Castle, I believe, was on that show. And I was just like so enamored because now I was a part of this whole new thing. I I tried to find the show on the uh, Watch Honor Club. I was like, oh, I can see myself sitting in the crowd because I was kind of playing with that idea of becoming a professional wrestler at that point. But it's kind of surreal just to still be a part of that, uh, to even think that that was a part of my journey in professional wrestling, right? Because when you get into wrestling, you just think about now it's probably just WWE, AEW. Like that's that's the mountaintop. That's where you want to go. But I've always kind of been this person where I didn't want to just dive and it gets straight to the top. It's all about this longevity of this journey to create this this package. It's like, like amazing professional. So I think about AJ doing the indies the entire time, doing ROH, doing New Japan, going all over the world before he reached the mountaintop. I think it's just a part of the journey to learn all these different styles, to have all this time on independence to really grow and hone your craft before you reach that like next peak. So to think that I'm like actually living that out I had to remind myself to kind of just take a step back and think about that because I got to wrestle the Briscoes. I got to be a part of Final Battle. I was a part of ROH when it ceased operations and now Tony Khan picked it up and now there's this new era of ROH. And I got to work with Pandito and wrestle all these amazing people and work with Chris Hero. And like, that's just crazy to me. Now I'm literally in the history books for being, I've held the Ring Honor Six Man Championship the longest than anybody in history with my two title reigns. Like that's just, I never thought that was going to be a possibility. I never thought that was something that I would have accomplished in my career. So it's just very surreal. How important is it for this this
0: synergy, so to speak here? You know, Tony Khan being the president of AEW and, and he and his family owning that company. And then Tony going out and purchasing Ring of Honor and, and keeping that brand alive. And now you and your peers have an opportunity to wrestle for two major promotions and be part of that and get that type of exposure. How important is that?
1: To see what it's doing for everyone in the back, I think is extremely important. Uh, Cause you realize when you get to this next level, that there's only so much TV time. There's only so much, so many opportunities for everybody. And think that now that we have ring of honor, which isn't secondary to AW, I would say it's like parallel, um, but you have this other product where you can highlight and showcase all the, everybody else on your roster who have different wrestling styles. Now there's time to craft stories and have promo time and kind of get back to the essence of what Ring of Honor was. You still have the pure division going. So I think it's great in terms of the, having those opportunities for people. And like you said, you said, the diehard fans who still love and believe in this brand. Uh, you still have things like Death Force Honor and Final Battle. And there's a different type of aura and like presence when you go to those ROH pay-per-views versus an AEW one. Like you just you can feel the difference in the crowd and the environment there. Like I I was watching this whole documentary on the Briscoes against FTR. And you could even feel it just watching it on the screen. Just seeing those battles happen at ROH shows. Like I got chills watching that and just like oh it was it was wild. You you can truly feel it. It's like palpable energy that you can feel. That people are there to just really bust their ass and tell these amazing stories and ring which I do everywhere, but it's just so different, Ring of Honor, because we have this mentality of really going out there and telling the best stories you can with this physical performance that we do.
0: You know, you're an interesting guy, man. You're a mysterious guy. You're somebody that people know not to play with because you definitely will handle your business if you need to. But there is also a gentle, giant aura about you, which is really, really interesting. Talk to me from a cultural standpoint where that comes from, because I I know that... um, In your family, you have African roots, right?
1: Yeah. uh, So my dad's from Cameroon, and then my mom's from the States. But I do have that dynamic where I kind of just grew up, uh, I guess, trying to find myself in a sense. You're not black enough to hang out with the black kids because you're biracial, and then you're not white enough to hang out with the white kids. You're in this weird void. And then, of course, with my dad being Cameroonian, um, that's a whole other thing that people don't think about. Like, a lot of stuff culturally, black culture, went over my head growing up. Like, people would talk about Martin or, like, the Waynes, particularly hip-hop music, and I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. That's not the stuff that my dad was listening to. He's listening to, like, Afro beats or <laughs> whatever the equivalent was to African music back then. Fela Kuti and, and, and <laughs> uh, what have you, right? Right, yeah. Uh, and then my mom was listening to, like, Prince and Cher, whoever whatever house she was listening to. So I just had like this weird dynamic of figuring out who I was, and then, of course, you're not really being reflected in society. That's kind of something that I always struggle with too. Like looking at wrestling, first person I saw that kind of looked like me was The Rock. It's like, oh, he's the same skin tone as me. Oh, he's he's biracial, right? Like just trying to find people that you can really identify with. Even though I was very confident in myself, I was always more naturally reserved. My father's the same way, so people would always think that I was pretty shy or soft spoken, but As I grew up, to me, it was more so like, I'm not going to just talk just to talk. I like having meaningful, deeper conversations. I'm not going to just sit there and have small talk with you because I hate that. I hate how's the weather. It's so ingenuine to me. I'd rather just not say anything at all because whatever these fake interactions that we're about to have. So I think just trying to find myself growing up and then I would just live in my head. I was talking about having an imagination. I would just sketch and do artistic stuff, paint, craft with clay. And I just had like my small core group of friends that I was cool with and comfortable with being myself. And then again, just trying to find my identity growing up, just living in my head and then creating whatever I could on the physical space that was in front of me. I think that answers your question. I kind of just went off on a little tangent.
0: No, man, I I love that. That's great because it, again, it gives insight into who you are and it explains everything that I just described. There's a, there's a, a guy that you don't play with. But there is a gentle giant in there as well, mm-hmm. and it's a really interesting mix. And your your cultural experiences, your life, has helped mold you into who you are today. And it's really cool to watch, man, because it's it's very difficult not to pay attention to you when you're on the TV screen. <laughs> That's good no to question, hear. no question about it. And it, and it's it's interesting because it's like wow, there are, there are, could be a million wrestlers in the room, but There's certain people that just kind of stand out in a different way. And your way is this this quiet but serious dangerousness that's like, what is he going to do next? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that guy's big and that guy can do this and he's the karate guy over there, whatever. But what the hell is Khan going to do? Yeah. You know, and that's that's, for
1: somebody who's in the ring or somebody who has to compete with you. That could be pretty scary. I can imagine. I know, again, you just look at the exterior and people – even when I work with people at the schools that I train at, if you don't know me, you're, of course you're going to look at me and like, he's he's so serious. I don't want to upset him. I don't want to ask him questions. And then the people that do know me who are talking to him are like, yo, just, he's super nice. We literally just got to say hi to him and he will talk to you. Like, I would, I would never approach you first, but if you just come approach me, I'm more than happy to have a conversation. Um, something pop registered in my mind when you were talking, my favorite wrestler growing up was Jeff Hardy. And... On RJ Just City show the other day, he was talking about, you know, so many people look like you, Jeff, but what is it about you that made you stand out? And he was talking about his kindness, but again, you could just look at him, this guy with different color hair, tattoos, but he was a very quiet person, but he would express himself in the ring and with, with his artwork. And that was something that I was drawn to as a kid. He was my favorite wrestler growing up. Yeah, I was about to say the art, the artistic uh, background there, certainly that's got to
0: be a big draw for you. because. Mm-hmm. There's somebody who, you know, we may not necessarily look alike, but there is something about that human being that I hundred percent relate to more so than anybody else. So yeah, I'm drawn to that. That's good. That's good stuff there, man. Um, talk to me about food because we 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 talked about a little bit. You said you you like a good breakfast and what have you. But if if I want food from Cameroon. Okay. <laughs> Let's say I go into a restaurant. I'm going to order something there. Help me out here, Con. What can I order that's going to give
1: me a good, delicious experience? Uh, I'm about to get judged right here. Um, <laughs> I was a picky kid growing up, so I never really had the full experience until I went to Cameroon. And then when you go there and you're out in the bush, you realize that the only way that you're trying to survive the three and a half weeks that I was out there is that I had to eat everything that these people were eating. Um. I'm a huge fan of spicy food, so pepper soup, goat soup. I was a big fan of those. I, I wanted to get my protein, so whatever meat I could have with the soup that we were eating was delicious. Um, I was never a big fan of fufu growing up, which kind of just looks like it's like a, a more tangible potato with some more uh, consistency to it, but I was a huge fan of puff puffs, which is basically just fried dough. That's all I would eat when I go to these Cameroonian parties, maybe some chicken or whatever they would have. But then the puff puffs, which whenever I go see my dad, maybe once a year, he'll make like a whole batch of that for me to take back to Texas. That's that's all I cared about. I love
0: that. Okay, so I got to get some puff puffs. I mean, look, my my mother's side of the family is from Jamaica, so I'm okay. familiar with the with the goat stew and all all that stuff there. But puff puffs, I gotta I gotta try mm-hmm. that. That sounds uh, delicious there. Now, what about on your mom's side? Is it is there any kind of uh,
1: special food that uh, <laughs> that side makes that you you're really into? Not necessarily. Uh, most of her family is from a small town, in Wisconsin. They'd always—I mean, Thanksgiving was always great. It was just kind of the basic American meal: the ham, the turkey, mashed potatoes. Uh, one of my aunts, though, from the Dominican, would make—and I'm, I'm a sweets guy—so she would make this blueberry cobbler. Oh, amazing! That's anything that's sweet, I would recommend. So, what a guy that looks like you with those abs is a sweets guy? Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> very hard man it's it's a daily struggle trying to maintain my my sweet tooth damn that is
0: something that that's that's breaking news right there for everybody wow okay yeah. so
1: there's hope so
0: i can i can eat my <laughs> sweets but i i just need to get myself in the gym for the next 21 years and then maybe i can get uh abs like con yeah that would, that would definitely do it <laughs> maybe maybe what about hair care because you you, you obviously you got great hair I know that cannot be easy, especially all the travel that you do and, and what have you. How do you keep your hair looking so fresh and, and, and neat and what have you? Or are there any products in particular that help with that?
1: I hate using this word, blessed, but I feel like I'm very fortunate with my hair texture and how it's kind of worked out. I started growing my locks up about nine years ago. Last year, I just cut off like six or seven inches. It was past my waist. It was way too long. And wrestling with that I don't know how Booker T does it and did it I just can't wrestle with my hair down but lately I've been just getting them um, interlocked which definitely helps with the frizz because that's something I'm worried about again I try to look for people on the screen who I could try to identify with and then I was like okay well there's there's some people with locks but they're they're darker and they probably have tighter hair so like look at Kofi he doesn't probably have to do his hair as often as I would have to because my hair is much looser being mixed I have like loose long curls and then also too I don't care like, I've gone months without getting my hair retwisted just because I don't care. Like, I'll try to keep it in the style for maybe a month or so. But then if it comes out and it's kind of frizzy, this is who I am. And this is who I'll be on TV. Maybe I'll get a quick little lineup. But otherwise, growing locks, you have to get really comfortable with yourself very quick. They talk about, like, the ugly stage. There's no ugly stage. Your hair is just going through a process. And it's growing. And it's going to look and do what it wants to do. And you have to be perfectly okay with that. And then eventually it'll get to a length where you're cool with it. And it's just, it's just hair. It's just going to do what it does. And I like wearing it down. And if it's frizzy, it's frizzy because that's what our hair is meant to look like. So it shouldn't even matter. But you said products, Jamaican mango lime, whenever my scalp's a little itchy, spray that in there. Otherwise, I just get up, shake my head, and go.
0: What? <laughs> you just get up, shake your head, and go? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that is incredible. I, I've yeah. never seen your hair not look like it was, uh, in good order, so to speak there. So that's that's an interesting uh, thing. To, listen, any any hair care products out there, especially for folks who have locks, you may want to get in touch with Khan. Can you imagine his face being involved <laughs> in your advertising in any way? Are you kidding me? And uh, that that
1: head of hair? I hope so, man. I look at Troy Palmalu and like him in head and shoulders. If I can get a, a deal like that with, for some locks, I'll be a godsend. Listen, I'm going to reach
0: out to my good friend Tony Khan. I know he has some connections all over the place. We'll see if we can make something happen here. Oh, definitely. Okay. He, he might have to put in a call for the man known as Khan. If you agree, because you know Tony, Tony likes to get involved in things. He's been dancing, and I, mm-hmm. I saw him do the uh, Daniel <laughs> yeah. Garcia dance. I'm sure he's probably going to do the the uh, Prince Nana Swerve dance uh, at some point soon. Mm-hmm. But you know, Tony could get involved with um, getting abs like Khan. Could. So, so if you if you you know, train him on how to get abs like you. Then maybe he can make some some calls and get some kind of hair care endorsement or something like that. That's a it's a match made in heaven, bro. Oh, okay, for you know? sure. I don't know. I don't know if he would like me after a workout, but <laughs> it definitely helped get him there. Tony, this is it, man. Tony's going to pull a plug on me after that. I just signed him up <laughs> for all kinds of stuff. Khan's going to be at his at his door at six a.m. Come on, Tony. It's time to work out. There it is. <laughs> On, what's the best way everyone can keep up with you? Because I know that, um, you know, you're a busy guy. You got a lot going on. In fact, you are a, a uh, heavyweight champion down in Texas, right?
1: I am. I am the, not the longest reigning. I'll be the longest reigning soon enough. But at RCW, River City Wrestling, I am the heavyweight champion. I defeated the Mysterious Q finally after like six months of this man ducking me. So now I hold that title with honor and prestige. I now but like to say I am the people's champion of San Antonio. I am. Uh, so we got our next event coming up, I believe October twenty second, which is this Sunday, which is it's nice, it's a chill Sunday, but you know, I know there's also NFL football. But if you're not a fan of football like myself, there's some pro wrestling going on in town. I'll be facing the face of fear, Bo Amir, other than Big Bill, the tallest man I've wrestled. And I'm about to cut his ass down to size, to my level, because he's a little bit taller than me. And probably hit him with a pedigree or two and walk out of there still RCW heavyweight champion.
0: I love it. No, no question about it. the man is letting you know what he's gonna do. Now you gotta show up and check it out, folks, for sure. RCW. I love that. What about Ring of Honor? What's the best way folks can
1: keep up with you there? Uh definitely check out ROH on Honor Club watch roh.com We have a new episode every week. We film every week, people, right after collision. So if you come out to the shows just know that you're going to be in store for another hour of action. And again, you'll see me. You'll see me. I have the best physique on TV. You'll see the abs. You'll see the hair, the tattoos. And you'll see Toe and I just destroy whoever they put in our way, because we definitely come from the tag team championships. I love that. Are we going to see you back in AEW soon? I mean, you know,
0: there's some people out there who you, you need to straighten out, man.
1: Uh, <laughs> we got some things in store. I believe Swerve has a contract signing coming up this Wednesday and uh, we are banned from ringside but you know we might be able to make some moves and and pull up to support our guy in this contract signing. Otherwise the young bucks kicked me in my face twice and after living with my mom who's a dentist they definitely uh moved one of my teeth and uh some receipts are coming for that. You hear that Jackson's you know messed up now. You know the the man
0: known as Khan you know moved some of his teeth and now he's going to have to get a receipt so Folks, stay tuned for that. Certainly, Ring of Honor, AEW, RCW, the whole nine yards. Drake, holler at your boy. That's right. (laughs) What about on social media, man? What's the best way folks can follow you on there? Uh,
1: I'm at the period con on Instagram, the con on Twitter. And I have a Facebook page, also the con, but I'm not really that active on there. So Instagram and Twitter, if you want to reach me, like, support all my stuff. I got a merch site. Everything is, of course, linked in the bio. And if you want to talk to me in person, I tell people all the time, I will not talk to you, but if you have my shirt on, I will gladly spend 30 seconds of my day, maybe take a photo with you. But as long as you have my merch, support the merch, I'll gladly be nice to you, but otherwise, you can just walk away. Don't even attempt to talk to me.
0: Mr. Tony Schiavone and we're desperately out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.